Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. Bonjour, konnichiwa, good day, eh? Hola, como esta? Good day, mate. Uden tag, and what's poppin'? We got a live show for you today. Me, your main man, Zay, the fantasy football fiend himself, and obviously my main man, Young Vanda. Holla at the people, Young Vanda. Fantasy fiends, what's going on out there? Man, so much news to cover. All manner of news from injuries to the unexpected. Uh, we have your matchups for you. We have your rapid fire 10. But we're going to go ahead and get it started with your news. And now your fantasy news. All right, so I guess we start with the uh, the saddest yet most polarizing portion of our news. I'm sure by now you have all heard about the accident slash incident involving NFL wide receiver Henry Ruggs. The details are now coming out as far as his situation was concerned. Um, apparently, he was driving somewhere in the area of about 156 miles per hour just seconds prior to uh, the crash that took away a 23-year-old young lady's life along with that of her dog as well. And man, talk about life coming at you fast. I mean, it's one thing to look at it from the fantasy side. It's a whole nother thing to look at it from the side of someone just lost a loved one. The most tragic uh, detail in the information they're saying that uh, Ruggs is basically sitting on the curb watching the SUV with the young lady and the dog burn up, waiting on the cops to show up. So talk about some, you know, gut-wrenching details and life-altering situations. It's crazy. Yeah, firstly, man, I want to say uh, condolences to the family of the young lady. Um, but this is a senseless act. Um, we live in a time now where you don't have to drive. There's no, hey, I need to Fact. whistle. I need to whistle down a cab. You know what I'm saying? We don't live in those times anymore. You can just pick up your smartphone and get a ride. Yep. Um, if you feel like you're a celebrity, they got the black. You can go Uber black and get you a nice Escalade or a nice Mercedes to pick you up. You know, it's just it's just a senseless act, man. And It's no excuse at this point. It, at all. I mean, even my insurance company has a thing where if you are, if you've been drinking and you feel like you can't, you're not able to drive, they will send a tow truck to pick you and your car up and take you home. And so if I have that, I'm pretty sure a guy of his status right. could have something similar or even better. So um, it's just, it's sad, man, because this is a young man who just, he just ruined his life, man, and I took mean, a life with it. And at this point in the game, I mean, the whatever, a little bit of funds you've collected, that's all going towards the lawyer. Oh, that's a, no, that's a civil suit. 
It, and that, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. Not after, only a lawyer, spend that money on that lawyer. Yeah, the next, gonna, whatever's right. left is going towards that civil suit uh, in, in, in a wrongful death suit. So correct. You probably have to resurrect Johnny Cochran for you to get twelve years. Uh, I'm gonna need Perry Mason in this one. I, I, man, like, like, literally his life. Like, like you talking about, yeah. you might be close to forty by the time you get out. You 21, 22 years old, and, and at least you have the opportunity to continue living. We're, we're gonna go on with the show. It's just sad. Extremely. Keep both families in your prayers because they they're, they're both gonna definitely need them. Um, we also have. I would say news that we didn't see coming. The Browns have excused Odell Beckham Jr. from practice, indicating that he's not a part of their team anymore. They just haven't really made it official. This is stunning to me because the thing that kind of put the team on the tipping point, if you will, that happened prior to the trade deadline. So if you knew in your heart of hearts that this was a done deal and you weren't even going to let this guy practice or short the practice anymore, why not trade him? I don't. I don't care if you get a, a fifth round pick for him. You about to cut him now? I, I don't. I don't understand the logic. Well, I think the, they had a few teams reached out. I heard the uh, New Orleans Saints was actually a team that was involved. Right. Um, but I think they couldn't come to an agreement as far as the money being paid. Who's going to take on uh, what amount of salary um, remaining uh, for the season? But if you have a guy. Hey, if, if you're not available, you're no good to us. So with that being said, they definitely should have either give this man, trade him, you know, take the hit because you're going to take the hit anyway. He's on your exactly. team. You're going to pay the money anyway. So go so ahead you and get some type of comp- salary. <laughs> right. Get some type of compensation and just move on. Sometimes it's just not a good fit. And this is not a good fit for both parties, in my opinion. And I got to be honest with you. If my dad can come up with 11 minutes of video of you either missing me or not looking at me, maybe the Browns are looking at this the wrong way. 11 minutes is a long time when you talk about individual plays being gathered, showing that you either missing this guy or not looking his way. The crazy thing about it, it's only plays from this year. <laughs> you know that, right? Like, it's not like it's, wow. it's been for like week, I think from week three to like week six or something like that. Like, it was just like plays from this year. And I watched it, a uh, good bit of it. But the, another thing to about that video, it's not about him not seeing Odell. Baker Mayfield is not a good quarterback. He's man. not. So looking at it's like looking at film when you look at this montage. Like he's just like zeroing in on his read and then running away. You know what I mean? Like it's just crazy. So I knew this guy just wasn't the answer for this team. If I'm the Browns, I might actually be thanking Mr. Beckham Sr. for uh, <laughs> doing my, my, my due diligence for me and showing me that I shouldn't pay this guy north of $30 million when he can't hit the broad side of a barn. The film doesn't lie. It's one thing to give my opinion. I showed you video of you being garbage. Get mm. better. Don't be mad at me for pointing out that you're not where you need to be. I don't know. It's mm. it, it's weird. I think people people are a little too oversensitive. It'd be different if he was just spouting off, you know, his personal opinions and and, and rhetoric and hyperbole, etc. But th- this man literally showed you you. Right. You can't be mad when you see you. Let's talk about this Aaron Rodgers situation going on right now. For you guys that may not know some of the, the minor or, or major details of what's going on, obviously, he has been ruled out for this week going against Kansas City due to having COVID. The issue surrounding the uh, COVID diagnosis is the fact that Aaron Rodgers kind of 
let on, if you will, that he was vaccinated earlier um, in the season. Um, that's what the NFL was assuming based on some of his statements. Now, obviously, there are HIPAA laws and rules that there's certain information that, you know, you don't have to release, medically speaking. So the thing was with Aaron Rodgers, he chose to do some type of a alternative or alternate form of immunization as it pertains to COVID. Uh, what that alternative is or was I'm not exactly certain on, but based on him not having the approved vaccine, he has a mandatory period of 10 days in which he has to be away. And it could end up being more than that. He's definitely going to miss the Kansas City game. There's a possibility out there that he may miss what's being deemed as the most likely return of Russell Wilson game against the Seahawks the following week. That has not been solidified yet, though. So, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is... um. That's that's an interesting situation because we remember how everyone was kind of getting on Cam Newton, Kyrie Irving, et cetera, for not being vaccinated. They actually came out and stated that they weren't. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand, indicated to everyone that he was come to find out he isn't. So I can only assume a lot of things that went on in that organization, in those meetings, in those locker rooms, those activities were going on based on the assumption that, you know, everyone in the room was vaccinated. They probably weren't, you know, the distancing or the mask wearing, et cetera, because everyone was supposedly vaccinated. So when you have the supposed leader of your team that you find out on the back end, kind of pull the wool over your eyes, they were talking possible suspension based on the situation. I haven't heard much more on that, but man, this is another one of those doozies. Who else but Aaron Rodgers? You know what I mean? <laughs> if a scenario like this came up, could you think of a better person to be going through it? I mean, it's only one other person that I could think of, and that's Tom Brady. Because he does everything yeah. different as far as his health right. and conditioning and all that kind of good stuff. And, you know, right. he hasn't spoken on it. That's another one of those things that kind of kind right. of don't ask, don't tell, you know, till right. you have to. Right. And this team is kind of in the hunt. Fantasy-wise, uh, I think you're going to see a lot more Aaron Jones and a lot more of A.J. Dillon. I think they're going to really uh, focus more probably on the run game. A lot of different screens out of the backfield. You probably definitely see Aaron Jones receptions go up i can see that yeah uh Devontae adams maybe it take a little well you know what there's two things that happen in these kind of situations when a backup comes in either they lean on the guy they're used to throwing to in practice which may be the wide receiver three or four on the team or they throw every target to the main guy on the team yeah so true. we don't know which one we're gonna get yet either Devontae's gonna have 20 targets sunday or he's gonna have three we'll see mercedes lewis has taken over the tight end spot well mercedes um, is more of a blocker blocker okay yeah so who, who do you think is going to be the pass catcher tight end because that's another one of the positions that some of those uh you know less experienced quarterbacks like to lean on right it's usually the it's usually the tight end but in this scenario with the packers i think it's going to be aaron jones Okay. I really gotcha. think he's going to be catching a ton of balls out the backfield, a lot of swing routes, screens. Like I said, A.J. Dillon, he think he had maybe 16 carries last week. So. And it was interesting because I looked at the, the snap percentages between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, and it felt like when watching the game that Dillon was in a whole lot more than what yeah. the numbers indicated at the end. But it was a 60-40 split mm -hmm. um, with Aaron Jones receiving the lion's share. So. I can see that split remaining about the same, but the total amount of splits to be shared increasing a good bit. Correct. 
Correct. So I, I, honestly, I would feel comfortable playing both of them. I have AJ Dillon in a league, and I feel I, I think I feel comfortable playing him as my running back too this week. I just see him getting I a touchdown. Yeah, the uptick. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. In volume, so for sure. Another guy that we talked about uh, not too long ago is uh, being designated to return to practice here pretty soon. So um, the information that we gave out a few weeks ago as far as stashing them, if you have running back issues, Mr. Jeff Wilson Jr., his practice window has opened and the 49ers designated uh, Wilson for return from that knee injury. Any moment now, he may be back in the fold. How does this affect Mitchell? We, we know Sermon is kind of out of it right now. I think it's going to affect uh, Mitchell and then um, it's going to affect the, the up back as they call him use check he was actually believe it or not second as far as carries was concerned and then um hasty rounding out that third position um, as far as the running back for San Fran is concerned so do we think that Jeff Wilson is going to come in and take over or is he going to kind of just take away the share that Kyle Juszczyk and Michael Hasty has had yeah I think uh what you said uh, I think he'd take away Hasty and Kyle's carries Elijah Mitchell's playing well so oh, I don't yeah, see yeah. him coming in, like, taking over, you know. He'll just be another horse in the stable waiting his turn, waiting for an injury to happen or something like that. We had Noah Fant, who is on mm. the COVID list, so not right. an injury there, but he's on the COVID list. But his right. backup, and I can't pronounce his last name, so I'm going to just call him Albert A- O. Yeah, A-O, yeah. <laughs> so he, he's actually limited um, with a knee injury, so we'll, we'll get a little bit more throughout the week. By all means, make sure that you are following us on Twitter at Fantasy underscore Fiend, on IG at Fantasy Football Fiend, and on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. And we'll definitely make sure that you have the updates some of these guys that we're speaking of prior to Sunday. We have George Kittle, who's designated for return. Uh, you know, he had that calf injury. These calf injuries are running rampant this season for some reason, but uh, he is supposed to return this week. We aren't sure if he is 100% ready to go, but he is definitely going to test out the calf in Thursday's practice session. So one of the big dogs of fantasy may be on his way back. I like this move to help the running game. Not so much of him coming back being this all-world tight end catching the ball. I mean, the block. Because it's, it, yeah, it, it seems like you know, we, we talked about this before in prior shows where when him and Debo are both on the field, somebody's going to lose out. You know what yeah. I mean? De- Debo's been playing very well, but Kittle is definitely one of the better blocking tight ends in the league. I think he still can, you know, be a, a great pass catcher, of course. But the way the offense is rolling right now, I think he's better suited to help the run game than to come back and be all-world receiving tight end. I can definitely see that. Moving over to the Arizona Cardinals, they have a few different issues currently going on. A.J. Green is on the COVID list. Chase Edmonds is dealing with a shoulder issue. It's the same shoulder issue that's kind of been plaguing him. So I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Maybe it's good because he's been able to, you know, work through it in previous weeks. Maybe it's bad because it doesn't seem to be going away. But currently, Chase Edmonds is leading the Arizona backfield at 59%. James Conner's coming in at around 37, and then they have a a couple of wide receivers that kind of take the rest of the carries out of the backfield, but it's just as far as running backs are concerned. Uh, Chase Edmonds is close to 60% of that backfield, so do we see a possible evening out uh, of the shares in the backfield to kind of hopefully spell Edmonds, who 
on a team that we see as possibly being a, a playoff team as far as what their record is showing right now? I, I think it kind of remains the same. But this week itself, we don't even know if Kyler Murray is going to be the starter. He has an issue going on with his, what was it, an ankle or a knee? Right. It's an ankle injury. The coach came out and said he doesn't have to practice at all this week to start for Sunday. Yeah. So long as he left didn't... leg, they didn't, they didn't, they say he was in a walking boot. Right. Left leg injury, day to day. So it's going to be with, a game time decision. So. With Colt McCoy being this, as the starter, I think that could very well play a part on the uh, percentages as far as Edmonds and uh, Connor. But um, it, it, it's crazy, right? Like, you see Edmonds taking on a bigger piece of the pie, but Connor is definitely taking advantage of the little piece of the pie he's getting. Absolutely. He's you know he's I mean? definitely the goal linebacker. Right. So I think it kind of remains the same, but I think it also matters who's the starting quarterback for this week, not moving forward. As far as the season, I think it remains how it is. But as far as this week, if Colt McCoy is, the, is in, then we may see a little more Connor because they may not sling it around as much. Now, if you're the Arizona head coach, do you – Air on the side of caution and allow Murray to get back to that one hundred percent. I mean, we got seventeen games this year. This isn't right. like other seasons. I, I don't. Right. I don't think at week nine you just gonna get it out. Right. And this I is a one, this is a one loss team, right? Exactly. Hey, give them a week off. You know, it, it makes because you don't want to go out there and, and then lose them for an additional four or five weeks or something like that. When you could have just rested it the one week. Exactly. So, you know, sometimes you have to. What's the what's some of these things you'd be saying? Uh, one in the hands, or two in the bush. Something like that, yeah. One of those fit this kind of situation. So, yeah, definitely uh, let that guy rest for a week. And they're playing the 49ers, which I think with the defense they have, I think they can make it a, a viable game without Kyler Murray, honestly. What if they're without Kyler Murray and without DeAndre Hopkins? Um, DeAndre Hopkins is still yeah. nursing that hamstring injury. He was held out of Wednesday's practice. As of right now, they haven't indicated that he's doubtful, but he did end up leaving last week's contest. Hmm. He put himself back in the game just before the last couple of plays, but then wow. um, when the last play was going on, he wasn't in there then when we saw the, the A.J. Green um, <laughs> interception, as I'll call it, because that was A.J. Green's fault, this not is Kyler Murray. Be- yeah, this is interesting. This is an interesting spot because, like I say, AJ's out. Mm-hmm. And if Hop is out, fire up Andy Isabella. <laughs> nah, nah, bro. Nah, I'm just That boy but, uh, Moore and that boy Christian Kirk. But the thing is, you know, Rondell Moore plays the same position as Kirk while AJ Green's backup is Andy Isabella. Mm, I see what I'm, you're saying. I think, actually, though, with Hopkins and Green both being out, I think more in that instance he can be an outside receiver but like you said he normally backs up the slot receiver but i I believe he can be an outside receiver more so than kurt can so Mm -hmm. i could see him taking over the hop role if hopkins can't go so that would be the trio of christian kirk rondell moore and andy isabella so Oh, but hold up, though. You got Zach Ertz, who maybe I, I want to say stature wise, he towers those guys. So that may be your goal line or your red zone guy uh, this coming week, no matter who the quarterback is. So another thing to keep in mind. See, Julio Jones is resuming practice. Hopefully he'll be able to go this week recovering from the hamstring injuries. There are definitely going to be a lot of passes to be had in this game based on the fact that Henry is no longer going to be present, at least for several weeks. 
They say he may be able to come back towards the NFL playoff time. But fantasy wise, I mean, we've already had our championship at that point in the game. So just something to monitor. You have McNichols and then you have Adrian Peterson, who was brought in to the Tennessee Titans as the running game. They also brought in another guy. I can't remember who it was, but it was it was one of those more insignificant signings, if you will, kind of just some some depth at the position. But as far as Tennessee is concerned, there's a lot going on there, the same as it is with Arizona. Um, hopefully they can kind of put it together since the, the first game where it looked like they were just in shambles and they were kind of trying to get it all together. They were able to kind of string together a few wins. But now with your main horse not running, I'm I'm interested to see what they do with this offense now. Yeah, it's funny. Um, this is the uh, ideal situation for an Adrian Peterson because this team is built around volume, 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 and more volume to their running backs. Uh, I don't think he's going to go in and get 30 carries like Derrick Henry. I think he will get his opportunities. And that's the, just the type of running back that Adrian Peterson is. You can't give him seven carries and right. expect for him to have a good game. Like, he needs the ball. You know what I mean? This is an ideal situation for him. And I think they figured he was the ideal play for what they like to do. Because there's a lot of running backs out there they could have went after, and they didn't. You know, they went after the old man, 36-year-old Adrian Peterson. Right. So that part. I think they may throw it around a little bit more. Holio is back in practice this week, and maybe finally they can get that thing together. Him and A.J. Brown, he looked good last week. And maybe we will see Fersker now, finally. People have been calling for him before the season started, but he hasn't really been being that tight end that we expected. So yeah. maybe now. Huge letdown. Yeah, so maybe now this would be his opportunity. It seems like Ferkser actually had more catches and yards when he was the number two tight end than what he does now. Latavius Murray still remains sidelined with his ankle injury, so that backfield is still remaining in flux. Donovan Peoples-Jones of Cleveland, he's back at practice, so great for Cleveland because he's now going to be the number two wide receiver. He's probably available in most leagues, and believe it or not, he's put up decent fantasy numbers in the games that he has participated in. So if you have the bye week blues or if you have injuries going on, uh, he may be a guy that you can stick at the tail end of your roster and see what happens. No, I like this. I like this dude a lot. I just actually picked him up. I actually dropped Tyler Boyd for this guy. Believe it or not, in my league, uh, people are like what? But I did. It he actually plays, makes sense to me. He plays Odell position. He plays Odell Beckham position, but he has a better rapport with Baker Mayfield, absolutely, than Odell does. They were speaking him up a lot in uh, spring. He was killing them in spring this year. So the chemistry is there. And, uh, he, like he had a really good game the last time we seen him. He had two touchdowns. Yeah. You know what absolutely. I mean? So I do like Peoples Jones. I. Actually, I'm playing him as a sleeper also in my in my DFS this weekend. So okay. I think he's like 5,100 on FanDuel, guys. So if you want to get a sleeper with some potential high-scoring ability, Peoples-Jones will probably be your guy. We have a few more injuries. We got Jonu Smith, who's still limited at practice with a shoulder injury. Looks like Tevin Coleman will be out. The hamstring issue, he's not going to be playing Thursday night against the Colts. Jalen Rager didn't practice. You know, he has that ankle injury that he suffered scoring the touchdown this past weekend. Devontae Parker is limited at practice. He's coming back from a shoulder and hamstring injury. So they're trying to work him in um, so that he is available for this week's contest. James Robinson, we don't know what his status is going to be yet for this week. So right now, Carlos Hyde may be a stash if you have James Robinson. But also, Carlos Hyde is limited with a calf injury. So just remain vigilant as far as the Jacksonville backfield is concerned. 
another wide receiver, Corey Davis, will be out Thursday night football. So Corey Davis and Tevin Coleman of the Jets will both be out. And lastly, you have Robert Woods, who sits out with a foot injury. Um, He won't be practicing Wednesday. As of right now, it doesn't look like it's anything that should keep him out this week. But um, he is sitting out. Uh, he did sit out of Wednesday's practice due to that foot injury. So Dawson Knox. I know people are looking for him. He's right now, Coach uh, Sean McDermott saying he's uh, day-to-day. He didn't practice last, uh, yesterday with the hand. I will be on the lookout for today's practice, which is Thursday, and uh, see if he's out there on a limited basis. But he could very well be back in your lineups this week. Dawson Knox, tight end, Buffalo Bills. Right now, the uh, Panthers quarterback situation is in flux because Sam Darnold is in concussion protocol. They don't know if he's going to be out of concussion protocol prior to Sunday. And right now, they're practicing as if P.J. Walker, the backup quarterback, I believe he came from the XFL. Yeah, I want to say he was a quarterback for the head coach. Did he come from oh, in college? Yeah, did he come from Baylor or something like that? Yeah, um, um, Matt Rule. Yeah, I want to say P.J. Walker was was his uh, uh, quarterback when he was uh, in college. You know what, he might have been. He might have been. Interesting, yeah, but um, definitely uh, make sure that you guys are keeping all of these injuries and all of these situations uh, in mind as you make your weekly pickups. That about does it for the news. Let's go ahead and get into this rapid-fire 10. And now, rapid-fire 10. 10 quick questions, 10 quick answers. Rapid fire 10, man. Let's get straight into it. Who do I start for this week? We got Michael Carter or Khalil Herbert. I think I'm going to go with Michael Carter um, just because in this particular matchup, they are going to be playing from behind. He may actually be their number one pass catcher, um, maybe number two behind Crowder, but I expect for a lot of balls to be thrown his way. So especially in PPR leagues, I can see garbage time being very fruitful for him. Okay. We have Daryl Williams or the newly Derek Gore. That's one of the games that I actually had an opportunity to kind of deep dive into. And believe it or not, uh, Williams had quite a bit of the lion's share, although it seemed like Gore was in a bit. Um, but I'm going to go with the guy that they trust. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to stay in the flames of Williams. Okay, we got Jeremy Nichols or Devontae Booker. Okay, so if Peterson isn't brought up from the practice squad, I'm going to have to go with McNichols. I think he's already activated. Honestly. He's already activated from yeah. the – oh, so he's already on the 53. All right. Oh, so he's going he's gonna to be the goal line guy then. So I'm going to have to go the opposite route. Um, I, I would have given it to McNichols if I thought that he would have had an opportunity for the goal line. But if Peterson's in there, I don't – I don't see how you don't give it to him on the goal line minimally. So what about the pass catching ability of McNichols? You don't think that's going to be um, something that'll, you know, even it out or make it a little closer? It'll depend on if they're playing from behind because pass catchers aren't their deficiency right now. It's running back. So. All right. So we got Kadarius Tony or Van Jefferson. Mm. If Tony is a full goal, um, you know, he's been nicked up with injuries. I, I'd go Tony's way. I believe he's New York's most explosive wide receiver. Um, so yeah, I, I think I would I think I would lean that way. Uh, Van Jefferson is the once in a blue moon, may put up 20 points, may put up two, kind of a wide receiver. So um, if I'm projected to lose and to lose by a good amount, 
maybe I throw in Van Jefferson and in hopes that I get one of those 40, 50 yard bomb touchdowns that he's capable of putting up. Um, he's definitely um, has the quote unquote Deshaun Jackson role all to himself. Now it was really been his role since the beginning of the season. Deshaun was more of a backup to him, but um, Deshaun's not there anymore at all. So I would, I would go that direction if, if I was projected to be down. Okay, we got Jordan Howard or Adrian Peterson. <laughs> huh. I'm staying away from the Eagles' backfield. I, I don't like the way they figure out how they're going to split that up or what they're going to do or who's going to get what. The Titans are in a position where uh, a position of need, and that's the guy that they went out and got to fill that need. So I don't, I don't see you going and getting them and then just deciding, oh, well, we're just going to let you sit on the sideline. So I think I would go with, with Peterson. Okay, we have Hunter Renfro or Keenan Allen. Mm, just the fact that Renfro has been mentioned in the same breath with Keenan Allen at this point says a whole lot about Renfro. Oh, it says a, lot, a whole lot about Keenan Allen. Oh, well, yeah, I guess that can go either <laughs> way. That can go either <laughs> um, in, in PPR, Keenan Allen hasn't done too bad this year. I was just actually looking at his numbers in comparison to Mike Williams, who seems to be the, the go-to guy right now. But um, this is one of those... Winfro was already he already had the the lion's share of targets as far as wide receivers were concerned. Now with rugs out of the picture and Edwards rarely, if ever, having anywhere more than three to four targets. I can see the target share for Winfro and for Waller possibly increasing, um, which Winfro was already solid. So if if I had to make that split decision. I would go with Renfro, understanding that he may put up less points than Allen, but his floor is much higher. So you don't have to worry about him losing you a week, in my opinion. Okay, we got uh, Hunter Henry or Tyler Coughlin. I'm going to go with Henry. Actually, um, Henry was had a, had a streak going with, with four games straight, um, having a touchdown. So... I'm going to stay in the flames with Henry. Mac Jones seems to have a really good rapport with him, especially in the red zone. So I would definitely run Hunter Henry out there. Okay, we have Melvin Gordon or Javante Williams. Mm, okay. Hmm. I, for now, will go with Melvin Gordon. Um, and I'm going to go with Melvin Gordon because he is the pass catching back. And they seem to split goal line work. So... I'll go with the guy that should get a few extra points, um, especially if I'm in a PPR league. If I'm in the standard league, it's six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. Pick your favorite in that one. Flip a coin. Uh, but in PPR, I would definitely go Gordon's way. It's crazy. I've seen a stat. Um, let said Javante Williams leads all running backs with at least 50 attempts and missed tackles for us per attempt. Yep, I saw that and, too. And he also ranks 10th in explosive run rate. Um, man, this guy, they, they just they need to let him off the, the shackles, man, and just let him go. Like, cause All he needs is an injury. I, I think they don't want to run him into the ground. Now, one thing that I did see in a stat that, you, that, that they don't put out there very often, there were a couple of passing situations where he didn't look very comfortable with pass pro. So that's one of the other reasons why I think that Gordon is still in there on passing down. So, and you know, if you can't protect the quarterback, um, especially on that team, I mean, you got two fragile quarterbacks, like, they can't take but so many hits. So I think that's the only reason he isn't getting the lion's share of the carries at this point. Right. All right. So we have, again, this is another, they have Kadarius Tony or Cole Beasley. I got to go with Beasley. Beasley's been getting the job done. Um, he's getting the targets. 
he's he's taking advantage of the targets that he gets. For me, that one is a, a, a easier one, if you will. Be Beasley, I'd run with. Okay, and last but not least, we have again Van Jefferson or Tyler Boyd. Mm, okay, so Boyd is less likely to have any big plays, if you will, unless he creates them out of the slot. So I guess I'm going to go with the guy that can get it done and make your fantasy week in one play. So I'm going to stand the flames with Van Jefferson. And that concludes our Rapid Fire 10. Rapid Fire 10. All right, all right, all right. So let's hop right into it. Um, This Thursday's uh, matchup, tonight's matchup, is going to be the Jets versus the Colts. Uh, Vegas has this as a 46 point over under. They are also indicating that the Jets are going to get slaughtered. Um, don't look like it's going to be Magic Mike this week. It's going to be back to the basic uh, for Mr. Mike White. Um, right now, the projected score is the Jets 7 and Indy 39. Ten and a half point spread going Indy's way. So pretty significant spread. But what do you like about this one? Uh, man, as far as the matchups, I love uh, Jonathan Taylor. Absolutely. The Jets are one of, if not the worst team in the league uh, versus the running back. You're the worst. <laughs> so I, I like him to have a really good game. Um, I definitely want to see this Michael White guy again on a different stage. This is the different stage. Um, it's a better defense. Um, so I know everybody think, you know, Cinderella then, you know, lost a slipper and, you know, you, you're back to the pumpkin. And I think tonight will really show that. Um, I know we was talking last week about is this going to be the whole RG3 Kirk right. Cousins episode? We'll know after tonight. <laughs> Go out there and that guy, two, three touchdowns. It's, it's going to get spooky in New York. I'm do, telling you. Do you think that they would have the guts, though, to stay in the flames with Mike White? Or is it as soon as Wilson is back, we need to get him back in there so, if, so if, the controversy goes away? If you're winning, you don't. Don't disturb this groove. <laughs> you know, you don't disturb it. You know what I'm saying? We've seen this many times in the NFL where a quarterback comes in, he gets hot. And then you be like, you know what? We're going to just Foles ride this. Yeah, we're going to ride this wave out and see what happens. And I think this will also put a fire under Zach Wilson to hurry up and get back. You know what I mean? <laughs> because, you know, I if, you to, if yeah. your backup is out there out playing, you, you're trying to hurry up and get off that injury table. So Absolutely, absolutely. We have the Falcons going up against the Saints. This one is going to be a 42-point over-under, so I believe that's going to be one of the lower over-unders of the week. New Orleans has a six-point favorite in this one, so Atlanta six-point underdogs. The projected score is Atlanta 14, New Orleans 31. Mm. In this game, I can actually see Taysom Hill having a a, a pretty good game, and, and I love Atlanta being his first full start. I think he'll be able to get his legs up under him and, and we'll see him kind of do a lot of what he was able to do previously when he was the the cheat code for a season when he was a, a quarterback slash tight end. So that's no longer the case. But I think just as a quarterback, um, he may be viable, especially when you have bye weeks and things of that nature coming through. I think he'd do well as far as running the ball. Uh, but as far as passing the ball, I mean, he has limited, limited weapons. Um, you know, last year, at least he had Michael Thomas last year, you know, but this year now he's playing with uh, Marquez Callaway and Deontay Smith, um, 
Smith just came back. Um, uh, I think Deion Harris or whatever. Uh, yeah, Deontay Harris. Yeah. Um, uh, this is a tough one. Uh, I, I like. Don't get me wrong. I, I like quarterbacks that can run the ball. But coming off a concussion, do you think that the coach will put him in position to to be the same guy he was prior? I don't think there'll be as many called runs. But it's like asking Jalen Hurts not to run because he had a headache or asking Lamar Jackson not to run because he because he had a headache. You may not call running plays for them, but to say that they're going to be the starter and to not expect them to run at all. I don't see that happening. They're, they're going to kind of like you said with Jackson after he goes through his first, maybe second progression. He's taken off. Hill, I feel, is kind of in that same vein. He he doesn't go through all of his progressions before he decides to take off. So I don't think that Sean Payton will put him in a position to get hurt, but I think he may put himself in a position to get tackled a few times that he didn't necessarily this, have to take. And I want to see how um, the Saints play Kyle Pitts this game because they all that he has, I mean, besides Cordell Patterson, of course, they're a lot like Carolina Panthers. You think they're going to put Lattimore on him? Hey, I was about to say, last week the Carolina Panthers had Gilmore on him. So – Copycat league, it yeah. works. I it mean, works. the guy, he's played tight end, but he's like a receiver. So, yeah. I don't think they'll sense. start the game with Lattimore on him. But if he starts to get off at all, I think they'll switch to that type of and game. And maybe third downs. You may see a little yeah, more, you know, I third and that. seven, game, you know, situations like that. You want to get him off the field, you most definitely do it. And, you know, it's 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 interesting. Like, like, like you and Joe always say, copycat league. A lot of the tight ends that normally get off that that are like the focus of their team's offense, a lot of them haven't been doing what they normally do. It's it's like the league is catching up to that position in general. Like like if you, if you want your tight end to be your number one receiver, okay, we got something for that too. Well, the thing is, the wide receivers that they're bringing in now, well, the tight ends they're bringing in now are built like wide receivers, so it's easier for a lot of defense to transition and put their corner on this guy. But don't do that to uh, – see, a lot of teams try that back in the day with Rob Gronkowski, mm. and they get beat up. He's going to run right mean? over you. Yeah, <laughs> like – so for guys like that, it doesn't work. But if you have these guys that's like tweeners, um, the Evan Ingrams of the world, and Logan Thomas, like these guys are more built like wide receivers. So, yeah, your corner can hold them for sure. We have the Broncos going up against the Cowboys. This one has a 49-and-a-half point over-under. Dallas is slated in this one to uh, win pretty significantly. There's a 10-point spread on this one. The projected score, 35-12. to 12. And I can kind of see that being the case. Um, yeah. This one, I think, will be a strength on strength. You have Denver's defense, who's normally pretty good, but we have to see what they look like without Von Miller as well. And you have Dallas's offense. Now, on the back end of that, Dallas's defense, although they aren't world beaters per se, I think they can beat up this team. That pr- predicted score, I can kind of see. I can see the game being somewhere in that vein. I definitely love this game for the Dallas running backs. Uh, regardless of if you have Zeke or Tony Pollard, I would run them out there. I think they're going to literally take over the fourth quarter twofold because they'll be ahead and also because they don't want to put any undue pressure on Dak Prescott, who Jerry Jones indicated this week, um, he believes will be a go. Yeah, I see the Cowboys win this game uh, fairly easily. Fire up all your Cowboys per usual in this game. I'm not really a fan of many of the Broncos players offensively, to be honest with you, going against this Cowboy defense. So I can maybe. see a receiver getting off. I don't know which one. But I can see a receiver doing pretty well just because of garbage time. Like They're going to have to throw the ball constantly. So 
somebody's going to get the lion's share of those yards. I don't see anyone getting more than a touchdown if if a touchdown is scored by a wide receiver. Um, I can I can more so see a touchdown being scored by like a Melvin Melvin Gordon with a pass out of the backfield or something like that and him kind of getting off. But um, we also have the Bills going up against the Jaguars. This is a 48 and a half point total. Buffalo is predicted to put up around 34 points. Jaguars around 12 points. And this one is a 14 and a half point spread. Obviously, Buffalo is the favorite in this one. Buffalo and the Jaguars. <laughs> okay. Yeah, give me the yeah. Buffalo Bills. <laughs> and think about it also. I know you mentioned earlier about James Robinson being injured and maybe even Carlos Hyde. And they're going to get this mm-hmm. Buffalo defense. Man, forget about it. Um, not a good look. Nah, not at all. I don't like any of the offensive guys, honestly, on the Jaguar side of the field. And I'm firing up everything on the uh, Buffalo Bills side. One thing I did, I, I do not like about the Buffalo Bills is they don't have a the, – the, I don't think they have the ground game I want to see with this team to take it to that next level to be a championship team. Zach I disagree. Moss, I just don't like the way it, it's, it's served to me on the plate. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I you have it. Moss, you have Devin Singleton. Uh, yeah. It's choppy, but they're not great. They okay. Like it's like two average guys. Yeah, but you're you're, you're missing their best running back, Josh Ooh. Allen. I mean that's that's cool. D- this this guy gets nine touchdowns a season, average. <laughs> that's cool, but when you actually have to turn around and hand it to someone, I think this is a team that should have uh, could have made a move at the deadline to get to really Marlon Mack know, maybe. Woo woo yeah to really catapult them to that because they of course they're a good team they're a playoff team. But to catapult to that, we're in the Super Bowl. I think that's the one thing this team can really use is a really good running back late in the fourth quarter, turn around and hand it to him, and you know this person's going to get that first down and keep the chains moving, keep the clock rolling. Honestly, Zach Moss and Singletary don't do it for me. Nah, I, I agree with you on that. Um, honestly, Adrian Peterson would have been one of those ground and pound, grounded out you know, type of guy. I mean, in comparison to what they have um, – yeah, I mean, there there are a few guys out there. I would even kick the tires on um, Ty Gurley. I mean, whenever he gets hurt, he I'm gets hurt. You. He'll be I'm gone. Telling you. But Yo. until then, yeah, hey, come on through. That's a fact. So, um, get it for cheap, and yeah. you know, I mean, half of the season, not well, almost half of the season is gone. So you know, he should be pretty fresh. I I, I would love Ty Gurley in this situation for sure. And then you're just sprinkling them in between the running backs that you already have. Right. I mean, so for sure. We have the Texans going up against the Dolphins. And this one is kind of this one is sad because <laughs> you <laughs> Oh, so these guys are actually playing each other this week. Oh yeah, my god. Man, look, if if Miami lose to Houston, <laughs> bro, if Miami lose to Houston, we might have our first midseason firings. Like, like I, Man, so this one, it's a six and a half point spread Miami's way. But the thing about that is Miami's at home. So really, Vegas is saying you're only about three points better than Houston. And Houston has nothing that that would that would greatly concern me if I if if I'm the brass for Miami. The over under on this one is 46 points. The predicted score is Houston somewhere around 14 and Miami somewhere around 30-ish. So um, the predicted score is that Miami should take this one. But, man, I, I, I've seen I've seen Miami screw up some pretty good situations. One thing to um, look at 
I actually did a deep dive into Houston's backfield, and it really surprised me that David Johnson and Philip Lindsay are actually getting the least run. Um, right now, Rex Burkhead had fifty percent of their of their rushings. Now they also had this guy Phillips who had a twenty five percent, so he was kind of backing up Burkhead. Right. Both David Johnson and Philip Lindsay had less than Phillips. So that kind of surprised me. And Rex Burkhead is available on damn near every waiver while you're out there. So if, if you if you're one of the people that are having issues at the running back position, also understand that he ca- catches the ball out of the backfield as well. So, I mean, in a PPR league, I mean, he's been getting double digits. This may be a guy you want to fire up, um, stash for bye weeks, whatever the case may be. But he's definitely looking like he is the RB1 for Houston. He definitely catches the ball well out of the backfield. And you can expect Houston to be behind in every game. Ergo, they're going to have to throw the ball a whole lot. And they don't have very good quarterbacks. So maybe when Tyrod Taylor comes back, that may switch up just a little bit because he's more likely to run than he is to check down. But for right now, Rex Burkhead is the thing. No, nah, I, I think, well, Tyler, I th- um, Tyra, I think, is going to play this week, right? They haven't said yet. Yeah, I think he's 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 trending. He's practicing, though. Yeah, I think he's trending towards playing. Um, But I think that actually fares well for a guy like Burkhead because you're going to see those lanes get a little more clearer when you do have the quarterback that can actually run also. Poor David Johnson. Um, You go from an old pro running back to just another guy. I mean, man, like this guy has – Went from sugar to yeah, you feeling yeah. the rest, um, uh-huh. but with Burkhead having he got paid though, yeah, but <laughs> Burkhead can do everything he could do, and that's been the thing about it. Like he's a great pass catcher, like you said before, uh, he runs pretty decent. But this is a this is gonna be a a, a, a funny game to see who wins this game because, like you said, if Miami loses this game, man. It's going to be some smoke in the city. Yes, it can get real dark. <laughs> it can get real dark down there in South Beach for sure. Facts, facts. Uh, we got the Patriots going up against the Panthers. Uh, the Patriots are going to be in Carolina. How did I not know this? Oh, man, sidebar. How am I not going to be at this game? I, mm. Somebody got to be scalping tickets. Somebody got to scalp tickets. Up oh, there. it's ticks available. Look, man, I'm, I, may, I may have to take a trip this weekend. I'm, I may have, may have to get a little permission slip signed from Wifey. To, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know when the Patriots are going to be this close again. So we, we may have to take a look at that. But uh, So we have a three and a half point spread. So it should be a, a decent game. We're looking at predicted score of New England 23, Carolina 22, over over under 41. So this is, it should be a pretty, um, pretty close game the thing that i'm looking at in this one the biggest matchup is going to be the new england offense with the still gelling um with the rookie quarterback going up against a guy who knows everything there is to know about the new england offense because he's Mm. defended it his entire career so when you have stefan gilmore as now the number one corner for carolina letting them know everything that we do, how we do it, when we do it, why we do it. And he's capable of, I mean, hell, I don't even know which one of our receivers you put him on. It's kind of disrespectful for you to put him on Aguilar, but it's disrespectful for you to put him on Bourne. I mean, this may be another one of those he's guarding the tight end type situations. Our best receiver right now is Hunter Henry. So um, this one – I can see why it's going to be so close because the matchup is there. 
Uh, they were also indicating that Christian McCaffrey may give a run at it this week, which is something else that bodes well for Carolina in general. Maybe now Sam Darnold gets back to what we saw in the beginning of the year because those lanes are going to open up from Christian McCaffrey, allowing him to run. I can see that going with P.J. Walker as well if he ends up being the guy that gets the uh, start this week. But Christian McCaffrey is the straw that serves the Kool-Aid in Carolina, so I can see an uptick for them. I could definitely see it. I'm not a fan of really any uh, – a lot of players in this game at all. If McCaffrey come back, of course, you fire him up per usual. I can see this being a very low-scoring game because you have Bill Belichick, who's notorious for taking out these young quarterbacks if P.J. Walker is the starter. Or Sam. Both of them pretty much yeah. the same boat. But even P.J. Walker because he has just limited, you know, action. Starts, yeah. Uh, and then you have Carolina, who has a really good defense, who's good against the run. And usually when Bill go against a team that's really good against the run, he doesn't run at all. Exactly. Yep. Or very, or very little. Same as Tampa Bay. Right. When we play so, against Tampa Bay. Right. Yep. So now you're putting the rookie quarterback, you know, to throw the ball a lot more. Going against Harm's a really good. Yeah. So this, I think this is going to be a mud dog, slugfest, <laughs> you know what I mean, defensive game. One of those, it could be 13 to 10, you know. I think it's going to be one of them kind of games, like a really low scoring game. I can see that. The only thing is with New England, we've had trouble with scat back types and Christian McCaffrey is not a scat back. He is the scat back. And I don't and you can't even really classify him as a scat back because he can run through the tackles as well. Um, He he takes it wherever, wherever you're most likely to give up the yard. So that kind of that that scares me just a little bit. I'm definitely want to get a good look at this game. Worst case scenario, at least I know it's going to be on TV. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we got the Vikings that's going to be going up against the Ravens. Mm-hmm. This has a 49 and a half point over under, so that actually surprises me. This is one of the um, higher over unders of the week. We have Minnesota as a six point underdog going to visit the Ravens. There, uh, the projected score on this one is 19, going Minnesota's way, and Baltimore 31. This is one of those matchups where I can see Kirk Cousins being a stud or being a dud and not really much in between. If he really gets a a, a bead on what the Baltimore Ravens defense is doing, I think he can utilize his pass catchers to their full capability. Outside of that, I can see them going away from allowing him to throw the ball and going completely to Cooks and hoping that that works out better for them. You'll know in the first quarter whether or not it's going to be a Kirk Cousins type of game. It's kind of how I feel about this one. Uh, I like a couple guys in this game. Uh, if you have, if you are a Rob Gronkowski owner, maybe in Dawson Knox, one of these owners, and your tight end is not, I would definitely stream Tyler Coughlin. I like him a lot this week going against Baltimore, who is horrendous versus the tight end. Mm, CJ okay. Uzama, I mean, you name it, they did it to him. You know what I mean? So I definitely like Tyler Coughlin as a streamer. Um, I like Adam Thielen also a lot in this game. The Ravens are not good against the pass as a as a whole. Uh, Marquise Brown, man, he's just seemed to get a ton of targets. Like whether he catch him or not, they throwing his ball. This <laughs> guy the ball a lot. One thing I'm looking forward in this game is who is going to be running back. Tavis Murray, I know, was coming off of an injury. Mm-hmm. You had Devontae Freeman, who kind of like what's going on over here? You know what I mean? So I really want to see who's the guy in this backfield because they don't have. I don't a think guy. they know yet. I, that's what yeah. I was about to say. I don't think they know yet. So it's it's a mess. This is a, this is going to be a, a good matchup for sure. You have a a divisional game with the Browns going up against the Bengals. This one has a forty seven point total. 
Cincinnati is slated to get around 30 points. Cleveland around 15. That sounds about right. I definitely like Cincinnati in this game. I think that this may be a week that Cleveland can just completely implode. I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with Cincinnati's offense. Cincinnati has shown that they can put up points against just about any defense. They have had their struggles. This game, unlike the game against the Jets, I kind of feel like they were looking past the Jets and looking at at the divisional game that was coming up this week. They aren't going to be looking past Cleveland. Um, This is definitely a game that is on their radar, so I can see them bringing it all to the table and leaving it all on the field. I definitely like pretty much anybody that you want to start in Cincinnati. Um, I can see it. The only person that seems like they've been kind of getting, haven't been getting their fair share lately is Tyler Boyd. I like Higgins. Higgins has actually been getting the volume while Jamar Chase has been getting the explosive plays. So you may see Chase with more points, but Higgins has actually been the most consistent based on target volume. Uh, He had a couple of games that he missed. So that may have, um, when you look at his point totals, if you're just looking at totals in comparison to other receivers, it won't look like he's stacking up. But if you just look at the points that he scored in games played, I mean, he's actually having a, a very good season. Yeah, again, I'm going to reiterate what I said earlier. I like Peoples Jones in this in this game. If you're looking for a wide receiver three or you just, you know, you have all your guys hurt or COVID-related injuries, this is a guy I would add on my team. I like Jamar Chase's game as well. Um, Cincinnati gave up a huge uh, – well, Cleveland gave up a huge game to Mike Williams early in the season. Huge game. And I think Jamar Chase can definitely uh, repeat, remix that. Chubb, he torched these guys up last year. True, he true. Again also. Um, he should, he's still the man with Kareem Hunt not being there, so he's just the uh, uptick in that volume out of the backfield. Um, not a fan of Baker Mayfield this game. I definitely see Cincinnati also taking this game in hand for sure. We have the Raiders going up against the Giants. This one has a 46.5 point over under. Mm. Only a three-point spread in this one. And Las Vegas is the favorite in New York. That definitely tells you that Vegas feels that Las Vegas is going to take it. We have a predicted score of 25 to 22. So this one, I think it'll, it'll, it'll be close. But I can see the Raiders kind of pulling it out in the clutch. They're still significant injuries as far as the Giants are concerned. Saquon Barkley tested positive for COVID and then he tested negative, but now they still don't know if he'll be able to play this week. I believe he was vaccinated. So if he has the two negative tests, he can go. They were saying that that's kind of up in the air right now. Booker, I like on just based on volume. Tony's out there. I'll I'll give it a go with him. Shepard is still hurt. Slayton should be out there and Evan Ingram as well. Um, I do like Evan Ingram as a as a fill-in if you're having any tight end issues. Um, outside of that, Las Vegas, you start the people that you've been starting. I wouldn't throw Edwards in thinking that because Ruggs is no longer there, he's going to have a significant uptake. Right. Um, that's just he he's just not one of Carr's favorites. So, um, Renfro Waller, uh, uh, Jacobs isn't on the injury report. Um, so the chest contusion that he had going into the bye week, um, he's a full goal from that. I can see it being a decent game for Josh Jacobs, definitely. So um, those are the players that I would kind of focus on for this matchup. No, I agree with you totally. Uh, Renfro, Waller, Jacobs. And uh, I do like, if Barkley sits, I do like Booker a whole lot as a flex. We have the Chargers going up against the Eagles. This one is a 50-point over-under, so one of the higher. 
Um, with this one, <laughs> wow, I've never seen this before. The predicted score is 25-25. So, <laughs> so they, they got this one split right down the middle. Um, the spread, however, has Philly as a two-point underdog at home. Vegas is indicating that the Chargers should win, but this is going to be a nice matchup. I, I like the fact that the Chargers have the wide receivers to make Philly look bad, but Philly, if they choose to run the ball, has the the uh, the bruisers, if you will, to kind of negate the pass game of the Chargers, kind of keep them off the field. And also the same as when we were talking about with the Bills, their best running back is their quarterback. So um, you have that productivity as well as far as the running game is concerned. But I, I like this game for the Chargers. Uh, the Eagles have kind of, made their way through the last couple of games uh looking pretty decent but i think that's going to be another one of those cinderella slippers getting lost in that pumpkin you know or that carriage turning back into a pumpkin so we that, that that's how i'm looking at this one i think this would be one of the a letdown game for the eagles at home i know earlier you said you didn't like the eagles backfield but i do in this game the Chargers are anybody can run on them my son my two-year-old son can probably get 75 yards uh against them I like Boston Scott out of the backfield, though. If I got to choose out okay. of the three guys, I would go with Boston Scott. It seems that Jordan Howard is strictly goal line. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's going to be different. And, and he's splitting with Boston Scott with goal line touches. Right. So he's definitely going to be touchdown dependent. Um, if you have to play him as a flex, I'll feel comfortable as doing that. But if I could, I would go over with Boston Scott. I think their coach is figuring it out. Like, hey, maybe we need to run the ball a little more and then set up a play action and things like that because – they ran it, mm, what, close to 30 times last week? Over, oh, Actually, over, over 30, 30 times. Yeah. And over 30 rushes. So I think that will continue this week. So I like the Eagles' backfield in this game. Chargers, you know, Eckler. I love Eckler this week. Because the, the, on the other side, the Eagles are not good against the run. The Eagles are actually pretty good against the pass. So I'm not sure if Williams or, you know, Keenan Allen will – get that boost that you think they will get. I know they have the talent, but the Eagles have been playing receivers very well this year. I like Eckler a whole lot more on the offensive side with the Chargers. We have the Cardinals going up against the 49ers, 46-point over-under. Um, right now, the projected score there is Arizona 24, San Fran 22, and there isn't a spread on this one. So let me explain what happens when Vegas doesn't have a spread. That means that Kyler Murray's game is really up in the air right now. Find a replacement for Kyler Murray if he's your starter, because anytime Vegas doesn't put out a spread, it means that a significant player, normally a quarterback, th their, their status for the week is up in the air. And I don't see any of that going on with the 49ers, which leads me to believe that it's all on Kyler Murray. And as of right now, his status is causing them not to even put a line on this thing. So that makes that Kyler Murray injury a little bit more real if you look at it from that perspective. I didn't realize that there wasn't even a spread on this one. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, man. It, like you said, it depends on who's playing. <laughs> we need to know who's the quarterback. Uh, so cause that, that definitely changes everything. Absolutely. You, you know what I mean? When it comes to this game, this usually is going to be a, this is going to be a tight game, though, in all. So the vision game, both these right. guys know each other very well. In um, San Fran. So the, in San Fran, they played each other earlier and it was, you know, pretty tight. No one really got off per se. So nobody had a big fantasy game the last meeting. And I'm looking for that to be the same thing this meeting. So especially if Kyler don't go. For sure. We have the Packers going up against the Chiefs. 
this is a seven and a half point spread with Kansas City being the um, favorite here. We have a 48 point over under and the projected score on this one is Kansas City 27, Green Bay 25. Um, the thing that I'm looking at in this game I can see this being a boom or bust type of game for all parties involved in Green Bay. Um, if you're in a PPR league, I can see Aaron Rodgers definitely, excuse me, um, Aaron Jones definitely putting up points that are necessary to get you through, even if he doesn't get a touchdown. But outside of being in the PPR league, I'm going to be honest with you, this game kind of scares me because if Jordan Love hasn't progressed the way he should by now, they may be dead in the water. Um, so the likelihood of them being able to move the ball up and down the field to even get into scoring range can be kind of up and down. Now, Kansas City doesn't have a great defense by any means, but in some cases, you know, when it starts going bad, it goes all the way bad. And, and I can see that being the case. I'm not predicting that to happen, but I, I just know that a lot of times if you do get off to a bad start, the offensive coordinator is definitely going to have to earn his money on this one. He's going to have to create a game plan that gets Jordan Love off to a, a nice, smooth, easy start, get him comfortable in the pocket, et cetera. Outside of that, I can see Chris Jones making life miserable for Mr. Jordan Love this coming weekend. So I like all of my Kansas City guys. I, I believe this could be a get-right game for Kansas City. So that's kind of how I'm seeing this one. Yeah, this is going to be interesting because you have this rookie quarterback playing. Well, I'm not saying rookie, but you know. Rookie this, experience. Yeah, quarterback playing. Mac Jones has had more starts than him. So. And he's playing against the NASCAR of the NFL. Right. Uh, so can you keep up? I love Aaron Jones, like I said earlier, and A.J. Dillon in this game. But the Green Bay Packers going to have to implement a, a game plan where they're able to run, 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 screen, 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 slaying, screen, run, run, screen, and work that clock and keep Pat Mahomes on the sideline. Because if this game get away and it's 17 nothing, and all you can do now is pass. Done, daughter. Man, <laughs> like you said, Chris Jones now is able to move to the middle with the newly acquired Melvin Ingram. And oh, at, I forgot about yeah. Melvin. Yeah, man. Yeah. Is he going to be able to go this week? Do you, do you, I believe, yeah. He's okay. vaccinated. He should cool, be cool, able cool. to go this week. Because cool. Chris Jones played a whole lot better from the middle. I'm not sure if people, you know, really, if you follow the yep. Chiefs, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So he's been playing pretty slow because of him on the outside. But in the middle, he's a terror. And what do quarterbacks hate? Pressure up the middle. Correct. And this is a young guy with minimal experience. Um, you still have the honey badger back there. So they're going to be playing a lot of mind games with the yep. plays and what he think he sees and what's actually really there. So I definitely can see the Kansas City Chiefs defense, maybe even scoring in this game. This this can very well get out of hand if they don't punch him in the mouth first, you know, for sure. We have the Titans going up against the Rams. This one is a 53 and a half point over under, definitely the largest total for the week. Seven and a half point spread on this one. Obviously, the Rams are the favorites. The predicted score, 37 and a half versus 16. The fact that the Rams are stout where Tennessee's offense is stout. So A.J. Brown being covered by Ramsey, right? If Julio Jones isn't at 100%, they're looking at a situation to whereas the best players for the Rams are going to be able to be productive going against what Tennessee is currently the worst at. So you have Aaron Donald who I believe is going to lock down any running back Tennessee tries to run out there this week. Like I said, their secondary is pretty good out there as well. So the odds of A.J. Brown getting off with Ramsey being on him is 
unlikely. So like you said, maybe this is Berkshire game. Or maybe one of the other little known wide receivers will kind of get in. What's that guy? Uh, Westbrook. Uh, I forgot his name, but but he's one of the only guys that I can see kind of having a defender on him that'll let him even get to the ball. Yeah. Oh man, I see the Rams tearing another hole in these boys. Uh, they secondary is horrible, and with the way Matthew Stafford and um, Cooper Cup looking like the the new Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson. Mm, yep yep <laughs> you know what i'm saying that that's the kind of rapport these boys got right now going on you got the newly acquired von miller who's gonna be out there screaming this this game it can it can get away pretty fast i, I forgot think. von miller's gonna be out there too and i think yeah. I, if i'm not mistaken he was vaccinated as well so he should be able to go this week yeah he went back to his old number he bring out number 40 that texas a&m number so i'm uh, trying hey, to figure out you got aaron Donald on the front line you got Von Miller, and then you, know, you got you know who they need though. Who Wade Phillips? If these mm. mugs had Wade, man, oof. Because you know yeah. the players, they love Wade Phillips. Even Von Miller's a Wade Phillips guy. He was in Denver. You know who else I can see uh, putting together a pretty decent scheme with these guys? Who that? Romeo Cornell. You like Romeo? I like him when he has I'm not, the, the, I'm the not pieces big on needed. Romeo. Yeah, when he has the pieces necessary, I like him. But if you don't have the pieces necessary, his defense won't go. See, Wade Phillips, the situation that he yeah, found himself see, in. See, Wade Phillips is like that easygoing coach that let the players do what the hell they want to do. So the Basically. players love him. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He Wade Phillips like, is the auntie. <laughs> right. <laughs> he, he's the one, the auntie that give you candy. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Like, that's him. Don't tell so, your mama I gave you that. <laughs> right. So, man, I'm telling you, I would love to see Wade Phillips with this defense right now, man. They would be out there just, man, but – Man, Tannehill definitely going to be, you know, going back, throwing the ball a lot more this game. That's just more opportunity to get laid down. Watching the Titans without Derrick Henry is going to be on display, and I want to see how they make that transition. We're really going to know if it's the if it's the talent or if it's the system. But yeah. we already know it ain't the system. I mean, he is the system, so we'll, we'll really get a chance to see what, if their coach can coach or if he's just been riding coattails. So, lastly, we have the Bears going up against the Steelers. This one is a 40-point total. Pittsburgh is the favorite by six and a half. In the predicted score, Pittsburgh 27, Chicago 15. Start your Steelers, sit Chicago. That's pretty much all I got for this. <laughs> uh, start your Steelers, sit Chicago. Oh, man, what, hey, quick question. Will that coach be back on the sideline this week? They, they haven't indicated that he's back in um practice or anything yet this will be what his third week because we seen a whole different uh ball game called we did last week we did i think we actually saw the ball game called that's going to end up eventually costing naggy his job because one thing we know about naggy he's a very stubborn man and he trust and believe he's going to go back to doing what wasn't working versus admitting that he needs to change up the play calling. So I can see him being him actually being the final nail in his own coffin. Mm. Well, um, I agree with you totally. I don't really have a lot to say in this game. Like you say, I sit your bears, man, fire up your, your Steelers. That's that's all can really be said about this game. And we will get your starts of the week out to you via social media. Got to hook up with Joe, put our heads together, make sure that we give you the best possible starts of the week. So Again, if you're trying to find us, Twitter at Fantasy underscore Fiend, IG Fantasy Football Fiend, Facebook, the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. And we out.